Coco Show. This is a pop culture variety show for your ear holes with sketches, music, interviews, and games. I'm your host, Yummy Coco, aka Colette Prosper. I'm a comedy writer and filmmaker. On this show, we talk about everything. From uh, there's a ton of shows that have been canceled, uh, including Minx on HBO. It was renewed, but then it was uh, canceled this week. Uh, even though they were like deep into production. So who knows? Um, they, I think they're probably going to try to shop it somewhere else. Lionsgate will try to shop it somewhere else. Um, also, in very sad news, uh, Stephen Twitch Boss was found dead. Uh, he worked on Ellen DeGeneres show. And so you think he can dance. He and his wife were really super cute on Instagram dancing. Uh, really sad news. I think he died by suicide. Uh, So thoughts and prayers uh, to his family. And in reboot news, Stephanie Robinson is going to be, I guess, show running or executive producing the reboot to Peep Show, which was one of my favorite British comedies in the, it was like the early to mid 2000s. It was really hilarious. And they're going to be uh, bringing it to America with Jesse Armstrong, who works on Succession and I think was one of the original creators of Peep Show. So super cool. She's one of my favorite writers. She's worked on Fargo and many other shows, What We Do in the Shadows, and of course, Atlanta. So um, really awesome. Anyway, if you like this show, give it five stars. Give it a review. Whatever. It's going to be appreciated and it helps people to find the show. So this week, no sketch. We're just going to head straight into my interview with Hannah Murphy. I, I mentioned Minx uh, just a minute ago. It One of the writers, uh, Julie Mandel Folly, worked on it. Through Julie, who I interviewed, and she's um, she's one of the episodes, I don't know, maybe episode 60, episode 59 to be exact, uh, I met Hannah. And so we're going to talk about how we met and what she's doing now. She is a features writer primarily, but she's also worked in TV too. And um, you'll love her. She's great. Also, White Lotus. Oh my goodness, that finale wow, she killed herself hitting her head on a dinghy. Uh, I was really great about not uh, reading any spoilers, not answering any texts, but then I snuck a peek at Variety's uh, whole um, write-up for the finale, and that's when I knew that she killed all of the people on the boat, and then she died accidentally hitting her head on the dinghy. But still, incredible season. Oh my god, I cannot wait for Wild Lotus Part 3, which who knows where it will be set. People are thinking Asia. Uh, I have no idea. Thailand, maybe. That could be really cool. Uh, it, it would have to be somewhere um, 
because I was also thinking like Dubai would be really interesting, especially since they're kind of like, they're almost like bubble shows or bottle shows where it's just one location. So like how everyone always ate at White Lotus Hotel. No one ever like ventured out into Sicily to eat wonderful food. They just kind of ate at the hotel. So it'd have to be somewhere was like all inclusive where they're not leaving. So maybe like Maldives, maybe Dubai, I think. Um, but I've heard Thailand as as one. Um, yeah, maybe M- Malaysia. Who knows? It's gonna. But whatever it is, it's gonna be on and popping. So I can't wait. Um, I'm a huge fan of Mike White. And uh, so we didn't talk about that in this conversation, but you're going to hear so much more um, from me and Hannah. So listen up. And we're back. Awesome. Let's get into my chat with Hannah Murphy. Hey, Hannah. Hello. Hello. You're a comedy writer. You live out in LA. You're from New York. You still rock your original uh, area code like me. I'm a 201. You're a 914. Yeah, do or die. You know, we we stick with our phone numbers. Awesome. So we're going to be talking about just... TV writing, feature writing, pitching, pitching features, features meaning like major motion pictures. Uh, and then I want to play like a, a game where we um, talk about if we're into, it's called Into It, Entertainment Business Headlines Edition. So we'll do that later. But first up, we want to know about you, Hannah. So I met you through Julie Mandelfali, who's awesome worked on Minx is uh she's last I heard she was working on a Amazon show she's doing a lot of projects she works with you on movie writing you guys write movies together and I I helped out on she's she's awesome and so I helped out on one of your shoot dates and we went hiking a few weeks ago and you're just so so sweet and so wonderful so I want to just chat with you yeah here we are to be here I know. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad Julie put us in touch cause, and brought you on to our shoot. You were so helpful. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah. I, I I just like, uh, I kept the door shut and then I opened it sometimes. Yeah, and you then... had no idea how helpful that was. <laughs> that was everything. <laughs> and then uh, I, I told one of the actors, um, you you may go. <laughs> and, so she, and so she walked, you know, into camera. Yeah. He never would have gone without you. <laughs> you were I was that secret link. I also did the uh, slate, which is uh, when oh, it's yeah. that square thing and that claps and it says, uh, you know, action. Yeah. I did that. Honestly, that was like, you have no idea how helpful that is. No one wants to slate. There's something about it that everyone is just like, I hate this. I don't want to do it. It feels weird. I bet you it's very nerve wracking. <laughs> yeah, it's very nerve wracking because you have to keep count of the scenes and you have to um, there's 
you know, there's positioning, there's uh, saying the right thing because you're alerting all of these other people, the sound guy, the boom guy, whatever. Like everyone has to, they're, they're all waiting for this moment and it's all on you and you yeah. can't fuck it up. I know it's, I, I have slated like four or five, like I, I used to work as a PA on like a, di in a digital media company. And I, I slated uh -huh. like a bunch of those shorts and videos and I did it wrong every single time, consistently wrong. And oh. the other thing that I can't, I can't even, I hate spelling my name to someone on the phone because I can't think of the letters in time. Yes. Like, like A for like A is an apple. Like I can't do it. I cannot oh. for the yeah. life of me. And you have to do that for slating and it's yeah pressure yeah because it's it's scene five apple scene five delta uh, so that because they have to hear that word to know what the the letter is anyway yes i'm i can't i can't think of words when those things happen spelling my own name on the phone is humiliating <laughs> Wow. Yeah, I get into that. And then my married name is Sondrager. So I have S is in <gasps> Sam, O is in Oscar, N is in Nancy, D is in Doc. Oh, I have to go yeah. through. And then I get I get stopped up when the, it becomes like the double G's. Oh, yeah. That's awful. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yeah. yeah. My, my old boss, his last name was Chandra Shekharin. And wow. so anytime oh, I yes. phone call, it was like, <sighs> okay, C is in corn i don't know um, <laughs> it has the juice yeah <laughs> yes it sure does <laughs> yeah so yeah you were assistant to volley mm -hmm. awesome who i uh, was working on uh, modern family at the time yes so okay let's get into your origin story so okay. you were um you're from new york originally What's your story? And and so I guess like give us give us the biopic version of your story leading up to now. Okay. All right. So I was born in the Bronx, but not like the I was born in like Archie Comics, the Bronx, and I only lived Riverdale. There years. Yeah, exactly. The only reason I mention it is cuz my mom just yelled at me for not telling people I was born from the born in the Bronx and I was like it feels disingenuous to say that I'm from the Bronx when I grew up primarily in Westchester County. Uh, yes. Very different that like the street cred of Westchester County versus the Bronx is, uh, is not, it's not there. They don't have any. Right. Um, but not, not the JLo Castle Hill Bronx story no, no, no. Like um, where you grew up in like a it's to do musical theater as a high school masters or whatever, however that works, you, you have wow. like a major in high school, which is crazy to me. Um, yeah, that's, that was, that was the Bronx that I was born in. Where'd you, did you go to like a country day school? No, I, that, that's the thing. I, now I regret even saying this. My mom just. <laughs> I'm like, how privileged are you? Let's, let's, let's analyze. Let's deep dive. I left the Bronx when I was like two and a half. Like I was not from there. Uh -huh. But my mom yelled at me. Um, she, we got into like a a big, not actual argument, but she was. My mom is like really from the Bronx and Yonkers, and her New York accent uh -huh. is so thick. And then my dad nice. is Love it. like Selden, Long Island. Just like he can't even say my name. He calls me Hannah. 
Um, nice. Yeah. It, oh. Yeah. Just yeah. That's like um, when my. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My cousin Carla is a Carlar in in yeah in oh, our part of the rough. world. Yes. Carlar. <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. she's like, why can't they just say, hey, this is uh, Jersey people too. It's the same affliction. It's the same thing. Yeah. So uh-huh. they have maybe the most, like the strongest New York accents in in the world, like of New Yorkers. Um, and I don't- But if he couldn't get rid of the R, what? why did he name you Hannah? <laughs> <laughs> he was really sure that I was going to be a boy and my mom had already oh. gotten in there with my name. <laughs> oh, oh, Wow sure that I was going to be a boy and yeah. then when the nurse came in and she was like what's your what's the baby girl's name my mom was like Hannah he was like mm, maybe not actually and my mom screamed at him and he was like never mind her name is H- Hannah her name is Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I mean like that's on her that's on your mom too I know tell me about yeah. it yeah yeah she set me up for failure <laughs> yes yeah, like I'm, you know, I'm just gonna botch her name all the time. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's she was hoping that I'd be her favorite because of that, um, I guess. <laughs> but uh, yeah, that's so we were. I, she was basically just like screaming at me because I because I don't have a New York accent, and she's like, "How did that happen? You were like, you were living around us for a while." Um, yeah, and I, yeah, Hannah from the block. Hannah from the Hannah from the block, but. Uh-huh. I, I, uh, yeah, I was, I was mostly raised in Westchester County, which is like, like, it's void of an accent. It's almost like soulless in terms of like, yeah. I like, I liked my small little town that I was born in. There was like, not born in, sorry, grew up in, but, um, like Syosset, like where it was, it's called Hastings on Hudson. It's, oh, okay. Yeah. Yes. Thousand people there. Um, That's where Bart is. That's it's, no, oh, that's the thing. It's different than Hastings. It's Hastings on Hudson. Oh, I feel like I've been there. You might have. I went to a wedding. Somebody's, um, cause like, I, I don't know. I always think of like, whenever I say this, I, I think of, um, Sarah Palin saying, I can see Russia from my house. <laughs> when in Hastings on Hudson, you can literally see New Jersey in front of you, right? Is that where you live? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. The Palisades. Yeah. 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 Okay. So you 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 could see I could it's see Colette's house from it. my house. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I could okay. see you there if I was comfortable in the water. Yeah. I think I thought that was Rockland County, but it's Westchester. Yeah, Rockland County. I think is. I mean, I think that that stretch where you can see New Jersey across the river goes for like a while. Okay. I'm already like nervous that I'm wrong. My geography and like sense of what things are and where they are is like so bad. So someone, if someone fact checks this podcast, (laughs) uh, please don't yell at me. I, I'm sure you're right. (laughs) I know. I I mean, I told you that like, you know, David Blaine is listening to this. David Mamet is listening to this. Um, So yes, they are all deeply analyzing every beat. David Blaine yeah. and David Bennett geography masters famously. Yeah. <laughs> in addition to yeah. everything else. <laughs> yeah. They're like, you didn't grow up there. <laughs> we we were um I was listening to uh, a podcast with my son called Wow in the World, and it's like a science podcast for kids. And they were talking about false memories and how you can uh, be told 
something and then you think that it's your memory. Uh, so like David Mamet is interrogating you and he's like, did you really grow up in Hastings on Hudson? You didn't. You oh. really grew up in Palisades Park. That makes so much sense. I feel like I have so many false memories because of the way that my mom has like told me about my childhood. Just, wow. I'm, there are so many like things that I definitely didn't remember that I'm like, oh yes, when I was one and a half and I like walked into the parking lot. Like I don't, she's- and It's like, how'd you know that? Really got in there, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause I, even uh, another thing with my son, I remember we, um, my mother-in-law was really insistent on taking him to Disneyland when we were visiting LA and he was two years old at the time. And I said, well, you know, he's not going to remember anything. Oh, he will remember. <laughs> and, okay. I said nothing. I was like, okay. Yeah. So. No, I, my mom described a memory to me about, like, I think we were in um, North Carolina, just, like, going on a, a family vacation. And my mom had described something to me about, like, walking along the boardwalk and, like, getting ice cream. And I had seen a picture of it a lot. And I remember uh -huh. telling her a memory I had of it and describing what it looked like. And she was like, that's not at all what it looked like. So my brain like, wow. filled in the blanks and was just like, just because I had heard it so many times. Yeah. But it's, it's not a memory. It's my mom telling me a story. <laughs> wow. It's like, it's a, it's a Leonardo DiCaprio inception. It's, exactly. it's that. Yeah. yeah. She accepted my memories. Yeah. Right. It, yeah. So it's like seared in there, but you, you didn't do that oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah yeah um okay so memories so this this goes oh, yeah, into writing <laughs> um i completely didn't tell a good biopic of my life i just was like i, I think you gave a great window hanar i think like uh, oh yeah my so i yeah i was i grew up mostly in westchester and then i went to school in canada in mcgill Yes, um, and which I, you were like peer pressured by your parents. I sure was. Yeah, you were meant to go to McGill. <laughs> I didn't want to go to McGill because they didn't have a writing program, and my mom tried come on, to everybody's doing it. <laughs> my mom once again incepted me, and she was like, "They definitely have a writing pro, pro like they definitely have a writing program." I looked into it. I talked to someone there. They absolutely have a writing. I talked program. to somebody. Yeah. And then I enrolled and I got there and they did not. And I called my mom on August 30th. <laughs> and I said, are you kidding me? Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't learn to write at McGill. I just kind of hung out there. I didn't really learn a lot of anything there. If I'm being But you honest. learned about Montreal. You had Montreal bagels. You yes, um, I learned about bagels. Poutine really good yeah yeah that is mostly I those are like the only words I can really say in French and as soon as I said it I was like if she asks me how to say them in French I don't know if I can do it yeah um, and that was also a thing too is that you did not speak the language I really you, did not no. yeah I took like 10 years of Spanish it was like <laughs> I graduated high school like pretty fluent in Spanish like wow I started getting to the point where I could like I didn't have to think and conjugate. It just like came out naturally. And I was like, oh, it happens to be correct. Um, wow. And your mom was like, you know what you can do with that skill? 
go to Canada. Go to Canada and learn not just French, but Quebecois French. Yes. So, yeah. Don't kill me, Quebecois to the Quebecois, but not real French, let's be honest. Um. Um, it's, a, it's a French, but it's just, it's not as beautiful, sing-songy. Yeah, it's um, Long Island French. Yes, it's like yes. the manners of the, yeah. Of, <laughs> of the French world. Yeah. Yes. Okay, so did you transfer out or are you just stuck with it? Well, you were like, fuck it, it. You know four what? years. Drinking age is 18 here. I can live with it. Um, I... Yeah, I, I really liked the city, was there for a while, um, mm-hmm. and then moved back to New York, like, soon after graduating, and moved to Brooklyn, where I started working mm-hmm. in digital media, Refinery29, mm-hmm. never heard of it. Um, yeah. That big, but <laughs> I was in their short-lived video department. It started, mm-hmm. I, like, was there as it started, and then it, like, started to decline as I was leaving um yeah which is cool. decline uh, because they they got into uh, a really rough period of just like it wasn't like this is like after Gawker but like it would make headlines the way yeah. that employees were treated yes there's it's it was just like it felt like being in um did you ever see the do you ever see the tv show the society I've heard of it. Okay. It's the, a Netflix show that I'm still devastated. I need to see it. To. It's perfect. It is about a bunch of teenagers that get into this alternate dimension where there are no adults and they're just in their town and they can't really leave and all of the resources are finite and they basically have to create a new government. Nice. That's, that's, that's our future. <laughs> yeah. It felt like a bunch of like teenagers trying to create a new government out of thin air like but for digital media <laughs> yeah the um the description is uh the society busloads of connecticut high school students head off for an extended camping trip but a storm forces them to return home upon their return the teens realize that all of the town's adults are gone in this modern take on lord of the flies okay so yeah it's from 2019 i need to see this it's perfect i'm I, my, this is like the crown jewel of like lost media for me. I know that the writers of the society wrote a season two, but they never got their second season. But wow. season two has been written. And if anyone, David Blaine, if you're listening, yes, <laughs> get your magic wand. Two, I would pay thousands for it i would pay one thousand i would pay one thousand dollars i don't think i'd pay multiple thousands but i'd pay a thousand dollars to read it <laughs> how does the last episode end um the last okay spoiler alerts um the last episode ends with um they they run out of food in the grocery stores so they have to Ooh. they have to start figuring out how to make food because when they go beyond the town limits there's just nothing um yeah. So it nothing like desert like, yeah it's no there is like land but they go through these woods and the last episode is that they find farmland like tenable farmland wow um, and one of them grizz my favorite happens to be like very good at growing things so he's he's gonna be i presume in season two he's head farmer um but wow and then at the same time the 
it like cuts to a different universe um where like the mayor of a t- of the town that they were from um who's also the parent of one of the kids from from this like field trip is yeah. is like at a library like reading a story and there's like a monument to all the lost kids so they're basic they're it like is revealing that there's an alternate dimension where that they so like, they're trapped they're trapped somewhere and the parents think that they're all dead wow and maybe so the season purgatory maybe it's a lost type thing i don't know yeah lost (laughs) yeah lost and then there's a paper girls that was on amazon Mm -hmm. where it was kind of like alternate realities yeah yeah wow so so their families just think that they're gone off the face of the earth and then these kids are thinking that they are um you know the last people on earth wow yeah it's it is a spectacular tv show and maybe it's so great because i'll never know how they wanted to bring it home and sometimes finding out what happens is the thing that ruins something (laughs) but right now i maintain one of the best shows on television (laughs) wow so one of your predictions like if you could write like a spec on this or like a fan fiction thing it would be that grizz is like top farmer grizz is top farmer and he's married to me even though yes. I believe he's gay in the in the in the TV show, he is. That was a devastating episode for me. <laughs> yeah, but that's okay. I mean, he's you know he'll he'll still um you know they they, yeah, they still need to happy. like that's the love yeah that for Grizz. I, I'm happy he yeah. found himself. Yeah, he's good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, okay, so so Grizz, um, top farmer. Uh, what about what about the other do they are they reunited ever with this other reality I almost don't want them to be you know it's kind of better this way yeah they're not their parents are not forcing them to go to Canada for college yeah they they got out unscathed (laughs) they just have to farm and live their lives right right I can't I have to say if I were stuck living my entire life with only the people I went to high school with, mm-hmm. I, I'd probably be miserable. That sounds really bad. <laughs> yeah, you'd be like, where's that alternate reality? Hello? Yeah. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, such slim pickings for for a, a life mate. Oof. <laughs> yeah, within the society. Yeah. But what if, what if like, yeah, maybe in the, in the fanfic um, spec, uh, there's someone that like drops in like we, we were watching Harry Potter uh-huh. and we were, we got up to I think it's Goblet of Fire where mm-hmm. it's Robert Patterson he just kind of slides in he plays um oh, yeah. Cyrus yes what was his name he's the one that died Cyrus Digger- Diggerty oh yeah yes Ca- that's Caleb a- Diggerty Cyrus Diggerty sounds exactly something like- <laughs> That sounds correct. In the alternate world of Harry Potter. But it was kind of like I, Hermione and, and some other girls who were like when they saw him walk past, they're like, oh, hey, oh, yeah. like I don't have to fuck with Ron this year or Harry <laughs> Potter. Like there's other people out there. Oh, yeah. Any any new person who entered the the space was immediately like Hogwarts. Think that they're hot. <laughs> Just yeah. For being new. Yeah, yeah, like Crumb. Like, she was really feeling Crumb. Oh, yeah. Um, well, to be fair, Crumb 
is a man of few words and is mysterious, so he's automatically hot. Yes, yeah, he was very like dark and brooding, and he could really ride the um, yeah. the Quidditch broom. He definitely so. has a band, like for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Crumb. It's like death metal because he's like oh, Bulgarian. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. You can't understand the lyrics, which is good. It's better than being able to understand them. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because then you'd be like, "Oh man, this guy's stupid." But yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'd you still, know, you know, I still hook up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Okay, so but they're not. They, you know, yeah. Maybe like some some guys like that would kind of fall into the, to the society, and then they would have more pickings. Yeah, that would be honest. That would be a good season too. Just suddenly. Kind of like a... Like they um, went on a field trip gone wrong. And yeah. then they were like, oh, hey, who are we? It almost feels like a, lo- like a Love Island type twist where it's like everyone's finally matched up and happy. And then all of a sudden these two new guys blow in. Oh, yeah. That, that always like, messes them up. Or mind. Yeah. I thought this was the hottest person around. But it turns out I've been trashed and only surrounded by three people for a week. Yes. <laughs> yes. Do you watch Love Island? I Have do you- not as... I'm not as good at watching all of it as so many people that I know. So it's a so lot much. Of- it's too so much. much. And I, yeah, I 50 like the episodes. I really, really want to be into it, but I can only do it when I'm like hung over with a friend who watches it. And then we just, yeah, seven episodes sitting on the couch and it's a right. But and I- that's what they're doing throughout the episode. They're just like lying um, like languidly on a couch with uh with a bikini on and their yeah. mic pack, and oh, yeah. this like oh, but it's early days, and I fancy you, but I don't know, I don't know if I really fancy you. And then uh, next episode, they're playing a dumb game, but I fancy you, and then just the cycle continues, and then there's a new person. My, I don't know. My biggest complaint with Love Island is that I'm I'm maybe like the worst. I love reality TV, but I'm really bad at watching it because I don't like missing anything. I hate to miss even a word or two that has been exchanged. Like I, wow. I like have to go back. I'm like, what did Ramona Singer just say? Because someone gasped. And then I go back and I'm like, this was nothing. I've just wasted another two minutes. Of my life. <laughs> yeah. Trying to like, yeah. Press the rewind button. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. And I overshoot it. And then I, yes, see it. it's, it's terrible. Like I, but the thing that's nice about like the non-Love Island reality shows is that they repeat everything that you need to see before and after the commercial break. Like they make sure that you are not missing the important plot points. But with right, Love because Island, that, yeah, yeah, with Love yeah, Island there, there is uh-huh. no repeats because there's so much no. content that they're just like, well, just they're going to talk about it again in a different setting. And right. I, so I, there is a kind of repetition because they, they are, they're just doing the same thing over and over. Over and over and over again. But like different bikini. Yeah. That's that's why you watch. You yeah. They're going to pull out yeah. the next day. <laughs> that's right. Um, okay. So you're not really watching reality shows. You're telling me that you were watching, you've been watching The Nanny. I've been watching The Nanny. Yes. Classic. I am. It is. I feel like that show, and I was uh, I was not alive when The Nanny came out. I don't think, right? Mm-hmm. It was late 80s. Yeah. No, I, no, it was the 90s. It was the 90s. Yeah. I you, it's so hard to tell. Yeah. Yeah. I was at least a baby. 
<laughs> yes. 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 It feels like that mo- that TV show is like extremely ahead of its time. And a yeah, show ninety three. He made today. I'll just say it. I don't think that they'd have the bravery to make another nanny. Not not now. Yeah, I don't know. The fashion fashion was there. The oh, really great oh, outfits. Yeah. Um, yep. good hard jokes. Uh. East Coast accents. That's the uh, that's, with the exception of Maxwell and Niles. Yeah, uh, East Coast accents. Like randomly British. <laughs> yeah, just randomly British, and the kids were like, you know, privileged kids. It would probably be like a dark drama. Oh yeah, nanny would. Oh, like how yeah. Bel Air is a dark drama. I feel like that would. I feel like that would yeah. be the nanny. Dun dun dun. Oh man, maybe I should reboot that. Maybe that'll be my and next. Charles, a Charles has just been me tooed as like a theater producer, <laughs> and there's just like this whole fallout. Um, Cece's not messing with him, um, but then she's around because maybe she's uh, Brighton's like secret mother. Oh, Cece yeah. and the nanny team up finally to get revenge on Charles. Yes, to take him down. Yes, because so, at the end of the day, these women need to stick together. That's the yeah that's, girl code. Girl code. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So that that's this is uh so like the the conceit of the show is uh, a nanny that um you know just uh, takes down her boss. Yeah, she's she a cosmetic away. saleswoman. Me too. Someone. It's all a perfect storm. Yeah, it's a yeah, just rising up. Yeah, it's a the confluence of of stuff, and <laughs> and then they all just like uh, deal with each other. I don't know, and then it's like drama. Somebody gets uh, champagne in their face. I, I'm 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 here for it. Yeah, you know yeah. what? I think we have some work to do. It's not perfect. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so when you're not watching the nanny. Yeah. You are a writer. Yes. And uh, you write uh, very funny comedies about young women and young young women that are friends. And uh, maybe the young women that are friends are not really like great friends to each other all yes. the time. Yeah, yeah. I am a huge fan. Part of the reason that I team up, I like enjoy teaming up with Julie so much is that we both are fans of like of not making a perfect female protagonist like it's yeah we're we're writing something right now about the Salem witch trials oh that fun is, yeah that's good times basically like every um every like tv and tv show and movie that like takes on the Salem witch trials I feel like is always like what if witches were real and we're a little bit more interested in like what if like a bunch of people died because teenage girls were being really bitchy like that is more interesting to me obviously there's like the government and the like the authorities who like came in and were doing their own thing that was a nightmare during the witch trials but like ultimately it we like we underestimate the power of a bunch of like bitchy teen girls with an agenda. Yeah, and I, I mean that's the core of the crucible, basically. Yes, 
Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I heard so-and-so. I heard Goody whatever was doing this. And then Tichiba showed us blah, blah, blah. And yeah. Yes. I'm reading all of these books right now that are like so – like it's all like old-timey English, but it's like such bitchy comments of like these teenage girls just being like – someone is like preaching to them to try to like – get the devil out of them and they're like oh what a long speech and I am obsessed with it like they are just (laughs) the sarcasm was always there it was always there I like yeah trying to figure out like what was going on like what they were actually doing like when they were going through these fits because all of them like all the descriptions just sound like a bunch of little girls like having fun for once and the puritans were like what is this i don't know what's happening and that they must be bewitched exactly it's like they're not doing their chores they're like just playing i I, they must be hormonal yeah a hundred percent it's like nice so so it's like uh my daughter would never be this mean to me but my 12 year old i wonder what changed (laughs) and it's like yeah duh man yeah. Life. She's, she's got her period. Like, come on. Yeah. <laughs> she's got her period for the first time in her life and she is unable to cope because it's And terrible. there's no like, I don't know what kind of equipment they were using. I oh, guess yeah. cloths or something. Yeah, I think that I I looked into this a while ago for no reason other than I just suddenly was like, I think I was watching Bridgerton and I was like, what do they do? <laughs> like, do they just yeah. flee their petticoats? I, I think, think so. I think that they had like rags that they'd stuff up there. Yeah. But I don't, now I don't remember. Again, someone is going to correct me on this. Yeah. I mean, come, come at us, David Blaine. Like, just come. Um, yeah. Bridgerton, it's, it's interesting. Um, the fashion of, of that time period because you had, they, they, like they kind of took baths not really like i think that there was, there was a thought that like if you took a lot of baths you you get sick and die so they didn't really like bathe and then they all they all believed in like having that because there's some some really wonderful moments of like jonathan bailey wearing this like kind of billowy white shirt but that was sort of like what they would wear underneath their clothes because they they thought that that's what kept them clean like i'm wearing this white shirt but like their pits probably smelled yeah horrible that's that's like the one thing that like every time I would remember it while watching Bridgerton I would get like really grossed out is just like all of the sex that happens in that tv show. yes just smelled so bad like as bad (laughs) as like because like there are just like days where you like go to a workout class and you get home and you're like if I don't shower right now like if someone tried to touch me I would yeah (laughs) right I'm so disgusting. I smell so bad. And it in Bridgerton times, they were just like, well, I guess my bath's not for another three weeks. Like, let's yes. go. Yeah, let's go. I'm, I'm, I'm ready. I, I changed my white shirt. It just, um, like, no wonder going down on people in Bridgerton times was, like, so unbelievable. Because, like, who would want to? Who would want to? Disgusting. But then I would, you know, there are people who like that, who like, um, you know, au natural, like, fresh from the gym, (laughs) smells, you know, uh, the 
two-day-old underwear. I mean, people, like prisoners, like at Orange is the New Black, they would, like, send their panties out to, like, that was, like, a business. A hundred percent, yeah. And, like, oh, the more, sorry, the more. Yum, that's my bad, but. <laughs> yeah, 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 not to yuck somebody's yum, but, yeah, that's, uh, some, some people find that, um. Yeah. Yes. Well, I guess. Scrum, scrumdilly-umptious. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. period is someone's heaven. Good for them. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, that's a wild time. Also, they didn't have, like, running water. So, like, when they yeah. would have baths, that uh, servant is carrying buckets and buckets over and over to, like, wow. fill up the tub for their, like, you know, two-week bath. They're, like, yeah. Yeah. It's, I, like, I feel like the the most fascinating thing about those times is that the, like, if you are the richest person, your life still, like, is pretty bad. Like, yeah. <laughs> you have so many modern conveniences. Like, I just, I wouldn't trade, I wouldn't trade being, like, super rich in that time for being, like, just like fine, fine and comfortable here. Like I love my running. It's water. kind of kind of the what? same. Yeah, it is kind of the same. Yeah. yeah, and you know they had like rodents. They had all kinds of stuff. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, so it's oh. like well, you know why are you you think you're better than me? No. Yeah. Also, I don't think about. I don't think I could handle having so many servants at every turn. <laughs> I like give me some. Face. Oh my God! It's like, but, but madam, following you everywhere. Your bath, your bath is ready. <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, maybe like a couple days. It would be cool, and I, I wouldn't have to yeah, do okay. anything I'll, but just go go read, go <laughs> sit, go sit with my back super straight, and you know, looking out onto a veranda with my book. Oh yeah, you know, as they serve me tea. That does sound nice. That okay. sounds nice. I like. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, you know, you're not smelling somebody's underarms and that that's, you know, that's fine in that, in that moment, like you're sitting outside, well, whatever. Anyway, um, also, also, uh, not cool time period, like the Gilded Age, uh, it got, I guess it got better once they figured out how to like turn on the light, but like, um, with the candles, that was kind of, there was still like, they, there, there was, uh, there was a lot of progress, of course, but at the same time. It was still pretty uh, dark ages. Uh, yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. I. It's bad enough having full access to electricity and lights when it like when the sun sets at four o'clock now. I can't even imagine if you only have candlelight. I, yeah. I would not make it. I, That's rough. I think it's safe to say I would not make it in any other time period other than the one I'm currently living in. Like, yeah. I, like, it's fine. I don't hack it. I'd, I'd die yeah. immediately. Right, right. Being born. My father would have killed me for not being a Hanar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you killed Hanar. Yeah, okay. And I would have deserved right. it. <laughs> no, no. It's her fault. Um, okay. So, okay. So you're, you're working on like Salem witch trials, super, well, like inspired by that time period. Super cool. Mm -hmm. What's it like? going to a studio and saying hey so Salem witch trials but like the teens are really bitchy and there's a burn book before they get burned at the stake like how do you how, how are you pitching this 
not not necessarily this project, um, but if you could talk about a project where you've gone to like a studio and you were like, hey, pitching, like, and, and how do you prepare for it? And, and what happens in the meeting? I've only really done one pitch. I've only really done pitches for like production companies. And I- Okay, this is amazing. Yeah, yeah. I've, so I've like, and my- my first and like only real pitch was the movie that Julie and I wrote together. And we just like, mm-hmm. Julie's done way more pitching than me. Cause she's like, mm-hmm. she's probably like three or four years ahead of me career wise. Uh-huh. Um, but she's she, like the yeah. junior to your or senior to your sophomore. Exactly. I'm year. like, okay. Kind of her apprentice and I love it. Um, okay. <laughs> so it's, it really depends though. I like, I think the more that I, I've prepped for a lot of pitches, but I haven't um, done them so much, but I, I think it really depends on like what a studio and network is looking for. And sometimes they want as much information as you can possibly give. And sometimes Mm -hmm. they're like, uh, and sometimes they're like, keep it short so that we can like give you our opinions. I don't want you to have like any too strong opinions. I want this to be like 30 seconds and just like go through it really quick. Um, Oh, wow. Yeah. I, it's, it's, I, yeah, it's a, it's a weird, it's a weird industry because I feel like it's mostly um, characterized by like people not wanting to hear your ideas for the most part. (laughs) Like people don't really want to sit through a pitch for that long. So you have to like, you have to give them enough information, enough like excitement. And it's kind of like doing stand up, honestly, pitching, at least for mm-hmm. comics, because you have to like, you have to sprinkle in jokes and you have to pretend like you just came up with it. Like, oh, it's like putting on a full one woman show. Luckily, I did it with Julie. So it was, we were able to like work off of each other, but it's like a yeah. full script that you basically write. And right. you say it as though you're coming up with it for the very first time. It's, it's outrageous. Cause it's not like when you're in the fourth grade and you wrote about, you know, the Suez canal and you're standing in front of your class with a piece of paper and you're like in the Suez canal in Panama or whatever like that. Like you're, you're not reading off a piece of paper. You are emoting, you are gesticulating, maybe not too much. Cause maybe you're you don't want to get into your head too much, but you're talking, you're, it's like a Ted talk basically. Yes. yes. And it's rehearsed. It's um, scripted. Yeah. Uh-huh. In addition to like, so in addition to like the beginning, having, you have to be like, this is why you should like me specifically. I'm selling, you're like selling yourself. You're like, yeah. this is why I am the perfect person to write whatever you need, but here specifically is what I'm writing. And you kind of have to do a good balance of like, this is why I personally am interesting and then follow it up with like enough meat on the bone of whatever project you're pitching that it doesn't Mm -hmm. seem too, like too vague. It's, it's a, yeah, I, I don't know if anyone, I, I haven't done it enough to like speak upon it with any like with any authority, but like, it, it seems like something that like nobody really knows how to do because a lot of it is just luck. <laughs> it's almost like, uh, it's, this is very weird, but like breastfeeding, like no one really like breastfeeds in front of people. All you uh-huh. know, like, that's not like something that you see all the time, but then you have the baby and you're like, Oh shit, 
I have to breastfeed this kid. And so then you want people to see you because like, like at least a nurse or someone uh, like a yeah. lactation consultant, and then they can tell you like the latch is good. Um, but it's like, it's something that's like very taboo. Like it's not something that people normally talk about. Um, we luckily got to see a, a person pitch um, and she's like a, a, a very successful comedy writer and she did a 20 minute pitch and we we got to my mentoring group. We got to like sit and just listen to her and which was really cool. And she just um, for 20 minutes was just talking and which was amazing because you think like in a pitching meeting, you are going back and forth. Like you're trying to get a vibe from somebody like, Oh, so where are you from? But like, you're just launching into this kind of performance. Yeah. Where you're talking about yourself. You're uh, then talking about the project. You're talking about why you're perfect to write the project. And, and then they just sit and listen to you. Sometimes they fall asleep I've been I told. Yep, yep. So yep. some sometimes they're texting others because, um, especially on Zoom now. I was just it's... about to say the Zoom thing is so weird because you're basically just like putting on a variety show where you can't yeah. hear your audience. It's so yeah. Weird. It's like sketch comedy, but like yeah. <laughs> <in> life. <laughs> um, and and so you've pitched on on online then like have you have yeah, you done only, it in person like, like exclusively pitched online and then i've seen okay. pitch in person like once but not, yeah yeah not not anything i i feel like i still am very new to it and i still like don't really know what's going yeah. on but and like I, how, how you are three four years ahead of julie you're like you know a couple years ahead of me so i'm like what like what's yeah. like? <laughs> so like what's what's the what's the prep process like um, it depends on, like, it depends a little bit on, on what you are, like, what you have, what you're pitching with. Because if you uh -huh. have a script already, like, figured out, then you kind of want to, if it's a movie, you're pretty much telling them the entire plot of the movie in the pitch as quickly and as engaging as you can. And, if it's and quickly, so like not 20 minutes, like you said even 30 seconds. So it really is like 30 seconds, I mean, yeah. like I mean, literally. Minutes is like a, a pretty good length for a pitch, but like the quicker you can get through it while like getting the most information across, like the better. It just, people do not really want to hear you talk for that long. So unless you can like, and I, I mean, you, it has to be pretty long when you're describing an entire movie, but you, you have to just like sprinkle it in with like as many jokes as possible. So it doesn't feel so long. It's, it's, it's honestly a nightmare. Do they laugh? Have they, do they laugh at your jokes? Um, I, it's really hard to tell on zoom. I, the pitch that I did on zoom, you could, there was one guy who was like very performatively laughing, which I really appreciated. Nice, he, nice. He was on mute. And also like when you're in, when you're in Zoom, you're not like actually in the same room as these people. You don't, mm -hmm. you're not like, you kind of don't want to look at them. So you're like, yeah. I'm just gonna like, I on the, pre the nice thing about being in Zoom pitches is that you can put your script up and like, look like you're looking at the screen while mm -hmm. just 
reading essentially like everything that you wrote down which is great <laughs> oh nice so so going back to like that fourth grade suez canal presentation yeah. you can actually With look Zoom, at your paper yeah, just read it straight <laughs> But as long as it sort of lines up with like that green light, like above your computer. Yeah. You make it it looks like like you're like you're just coming up with this off the cuff, but you're, you're fully reading a a two page document. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. This is, it's a, it's, it's all part of the the smoke and mirrors. (laughs) Okay. So what is the difference to you between and this is like a really general question a lot of people know this but like what's the general difference between like writing like a pilot versus writing a movie oh my god it's so different it's crazy and julie and i wrote a movie while like after only writing pilots and Mm -hmm. it wasn't until we like started sent we like sent the movie to her reps and they were like this is cool but like it's not a movie like this is just like a lot of pages of stuff (laughs) um It was, we did not, we were still going by like three act structure. Yeah. um, And we were kind of like rereading our first draft of this movie is like hilarious. I have, I had so much fun rereading it and also was humiliated that I sent it to anyone to read. Um, (laughs) (laughs) But it's like you needed that though in order to move to the next form, the next step. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. We, it, like hilariously we like wrote this movie and then we had uh, we'd obviously heard of save the cat because everybody talks about that yes the time when you're you're starting to write but we hadn't actually like we didn't really know about it and it wasn't until we like looked at save the cat and then went back into our script we were like we don't have any of these like we don't have (laughs) anything we wanted we spent so much time figuring out like who our characters were and like finding their backstory that we we knew them so well but when we wrote them on the page we didn't put any of that in there because we were like obviously she's acting this way because she has this issue with her dad but we don't explain that anywhere in the first yeah it's like it's obvious and that is don't you know change yeah (laughs) like her affect is like this because of the history that she had with this friend it's yeah, it's all just like everything is like implied, but not really. It's yeah, that's the thing is because you don't want too much exposition, yeah. but but then you have to. It has to be clear somehow. Yeah, uh, like um, I'm in a class right now, and we're reading. We read Succession, and we read Dead to Me. I don't know if you right. know the yeah, show. Yeah. Uh, the Dead to Me script is so clear. Like the from the minute it starts to the end, like you know exactly where everyone's backstory is just from, you know, her listening to like death metal in her SUV and then going to the grief counseling. Like you, you know immediately like what the conceit is. You know everything. That pilot um, was really impressive for that. It was just yeah immediately knew what every like who everyone was and what the deal was. It was. Yeah, but it was not it was not hitting you over the head with it. Right. So good. And then Liz Feldman, who I've um, I've I listened to her a few times, like on different podcasts. I I also got a sense of who she was, too. Oh, yeah. I was reading it. Yeah. That's the weird thing. Like (laughs) after writing a bunch of things, they're like you get to a 
I, I at least, I don't know if this is a universal thing, but I feel like I'm like looking at all of my scripts and I'm like starting to feel like I'm like writing the same character over and over again. I need to versions of me but like because that's all you can do you have to like write yourself but at a certain point it's like should I feel like I should really start shifting this yeah I mean I'm always writing about somebody who's like constrained in some kind of way and Mm -hmm. wanting to break free um whether it's like a overbearing family or um just something that they want to do in their life and it's uh, something is holding them back uh yeah yeah I I think um but then is that is that like I don't know like Anna Wintour's Bob is that like our style that it yes I think like the the reality is is like that's what you need to do and you like the more that you can hone it and like make Mm it more like make it sharper and like more effective like every draft of whatever that you write so that whenever somebody reads something of yours they're like ah that's that classic Hannah's jazz yeah um, and like, then <laughs> just like that off. too jazz yeah uh, that's me um but uh yeah but it, i yeah i think it's just yeah i don't i don't know man i don't know <laughs> but the thing is is that you also have like you know julie's reps or like you know other people in your world that can like read your scripts and give you um, really an honest opinion totally. whereas you know there's a lot of people out there just sort of waffling like I don't know like we don't you know we might not have that kind of access that that you do um yeah. so it's, oh, so I'm sure it, it's super helpful yeah I mean that's I think that's the, probably the hardest thing to get even with reps because I also like I I send things to my manager and she gives me notes and like feedback but also like you don't want to inundate them with too much of your writing so you like I at least for me I'm like I yeah. I want to send her things when I'm like when I feel really good about them and then she mm-hmm. can give me notes based on like how to make it pitchable and how to make it a sellable thing mm-hmm. um but yeah I, I think that that's the hardest thing to find is like genuine good feedback because people I have found at least when I like send things around because I, I find it really helpful to send stuff around at early stages, even though it's Mm -hmm. my worst like draft. I just, I like to get the feedback right away. So I don't like stay too ingrained in like a format that's not working. Um, because often, I mean, I, I'm lucky, like my, my husband is really good at this, so I can Mm -hmm. send all of my most annoying drafts that are like, complete garbage and he yeah he pinpoint what's wrong right away um and he's also I think the point of this is like he's not afraid to tell me something's dog shit which is great um nice so many people so loving yeah. <laughs> um but I feel like so many people that I send scripts to are like this is so great amazing good work and then I'm like that's not I appreciate it, but I actually want you to tell me what's wrong with, like, I want to hear the bad stuff. Like, yeah. And I've been trying to tell people when I send things to get read, like, do not flatter me. I don't want to hear compliments. I just want you to tell me what you think is wrong and what should be like, what could be better. Cause yeah. I have no ego about it. Like being the meaner, the better. I like, I would like so- crush my soul. 
Yeah, because I, yeah, I mean, I've been in that position where you get like a coworker's script who's really excited about something and you read it and you're just like, oh, it's so bad. Like, how do I tell them? Or like, oh, God, like you, you know how you could fix it, but it would be like such a long session of notes. And you're like, is that what they want? Or do they just want a pat on the back? Because sometimes people do just want you to go like, good job. <laughs> sometimes yeah. people are like not ready to hear the feedback and like, yeah. As you can tell when somebody does not want to hear the feedback. So what are the signs? Um, usually they'll give it, they'll give it to you saying that it's like done. They're like, I'm just, you know, just like a couple extra tweaks. Like, I think that it's basically ready. And when someone says that, I'm just like, okay, like, great, great work. Bravo. Yeah, pat, pat on the back time. Because yeah. it's, uh, th- this makes me sound like such a jerk, but <laughs> I feel like, if, if someone doesn't want to hear the feedback, then it's like a waste of both of your time because they get upset and frustrated. And then you spend an hour talking about how to fix something that they just have no intention of fixing. So that's, yeah. I like, most people want to hear the real feedback, but it's, mm-hmm. you have to like disguise it gently. And for me at this point in my career, I'm like, be mean be cutthroat. I want to hear how much this sucks. And then we'll get yes. stuff later. Yes. Um, I, I like the brutal honesty. I working in journalism, you know, people can be honest with you mm-hmm. and they, and it can, so I can feel like I can, I can take it. I can yeah. handle it. Uh, but that there are times where like, I kind of uh, go inward. I, I get I get oh. that honest feedback, and I'm just like I feel like a piece of dog shit. I feel like, oh, yeah. and then I'm just like, oh. So I need like a couple days. Oh yeah. To like recuperate, and then I'm like, okay, back at it, and I just I I'm just like I'm making reset. myself sound like I'm like a per like I'm like made of steel. Like it but it bounces right off me. It's like I need three days to just sit and be like, I'm the worst at this and I should quit. I'm gonna quit. Uh because that's obviously what everyone wants me to do. And then three days later I look at the notes again and I'm like, they're right. Of course they're right. Like this is gonna be so much better. Like there's always after you like get over your own ego, there's always like that moment of, oh my God, this note is gonna make this so much better. And then you like again. Yeah, I wish I could remember um, there's the cycle that we go through. And one of my teachers uh, said this uh, in, a, in a class, something of like, this is great. This is this is shit. I'm I'm shit. And it like it's like a cycle. I wish I remembered this. I wish I wrote it down. But it's like you go through this where you think you're like a genius and then you're told that you're not a genius. And then you're just like you internalize it like, yes, I'm not a genius. But then you have an idea and you're like, oh, I'm a genius again. So it's like you go through this like cycle of violence in your mind. <laughs> yeah. Of word writing violence. Yeah. Which I like as much as it sounds like that sucks. I think that's like the healthiest way to be a writer. It's like you have to because if you're not critical of yourself, like I think one of the most dangerous things to happen to a writer is for them to get so big that nobody says no to them anymore because you Mm. get like I I'm now like not like I can't think of any examples, but there's like certain creators that like get to a certain point of creating a show and they're like most recent thing is 
oh, okay. I'll be, I'm going to be a little mean to Ryan Murphy, but like, okay. All right. No, for such a long time. And like, can push back on feedback and notes from the studio. And And they give him so much money. They give him so much money. They give him so much leeway. And I think that a lot of Ryan Murphy's stuff, I think is really great. Like they, he does a really good job. He's very good. What's he like in a, in a pitch room? Like he really knows how to work that Quidditch broom, like crumb. (laughs) Like I, I would love to be a fly on the wall. What I wouldn't give. Oh my God. I know it's, I've, I've and now- it's called Dahmer. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then it's called Ratchet, but it's like super beautiful, but like plot holes for days. Yeah. It, you can just like get to this point. I think that you, it's very easy to get to this point, especially when it comes to studios and networks, because their notes can be, sometimes they're really good. A lot mm-hmm. of the times they're just useless and not helpful. Like there are some really good network and studio executives who like really understand scripts and can like give you good feedback. And then there are some people who are just kind of looking for a reason to talk. Um, and I've seen like, I've seen network and studio notes completely ruin a project and I've seen them make them like make them better. And I think mm-hmm. that when you get to a certain point of success, you are able to say no to studio network and network notes because you know better or you proved yourself right by saying no to a note way in your early in your career that now you can, you have carte blanche. And I think that having carte blanche can be really dangerous. Yes. Yes. Like you're going to die. It's like you make a bad TV show. Who cares? But it's, it's like, it just, if you don't have that like inner critic and you're not like open to hearing notes, even from people who like may not have the best, Mm -hmm. the best notes to give you, then you're like, you're just going to create this weird like echo chamber of, of content only serves you basically right but I think I think Ryan Murphy is a perfect example of that because he is going through that like you know the loop that we were talking about I'm a genius I'm not a genius but like he's he's in that loop right now and he has the carte blanche because Dahmer you know fucking killed like that was amazing like I didn't watch the show but like ratings wise did really great the watcher is doing really great there was another show too happening that was like a hit at the same time as Dahmer I forgot like all these like produced shows because like a couple years ago people were talking about like Ratchet and like the politician even though I like the politician but mm-hmm. like um, there were shows that he had out at the same time as like Shonda Rhimes's Bridgerton, the first yeah. series. And it's like it didn't do so well. So people were like, why is Ryan Murphy getting all this money? But like he's still steady, got tons of money. And uh-huh. now he has all these like hit shows. It's like how you like me now. Yeah, I do not think that anyone has as many active shows on the air as that guy. I yeah. don't know for sure. But like. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, done. holy shit. And then also, what's also a big flex is that he has this, like, lucrative Netflix deal at the same time that he has this, like, lucrative FX deal, which, like, doesn't really happen. Like, you you got to be yeah. on one one side of the fence. Can't be yeah. playing both sides of the fence, Ryan Murphy, but he is. And I know you're listening, so, like, <laughs> you know, you got to deal with this. got to deal with it. Yeah. Ryan, we're here to tell you because no one else will. Yeah. <laughs> you need to you need to be a little little critical of yourself. Yeah. It's yeah. Where's yeah, that I, inner voice? A hundred percent. 
Yeah. yeah. So all that to say, don't beat yourself up over anything, but maybe be a little bit mean to yourself. Just a, a healthy amount. Yeah. Yeah. You know, humble, humble yourself. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, give us jobs. Too. And please, of course, give us jobs. Ryan Murphy, <laughs> I would love to write with you. Oh, my God. Please. <laughs> OMG. Uh, I do like, um, e, is it Ian Bremmer? No, no, not. Is that Ian Ian something. Well, you know, Brad Falchuk, uh, a.k.a. Mr. Paltrow, Mr. Gwyneth Paltrow is one of his uh, main writers. And uh, the guy, the other guy that worked on The Politician, it's like Ian something. I forgot. Anyway, yes, we're here. <laughs> we're here and uh, we will um, remove all of this conversation, um, you know, oh, just yeah. – you, you anyway, deleted. <laughs> yeah, because he got he got the money. That's where the money resides. So, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, and and yeah, and it would be a really great opportunity to to learn from him. Um, because yeah, just to just to see how he does it. How do you do it? How do you pitch a show? I know, and just get that money. Yeah, yeah. I I am so curious after you have so many shows like I wonder like does he even have to pitch he might not like he might not even need to now in his carte blanche period I feel like he he's he can do anything he yeah yeah he just says an idea okay fine yeah here you go but maybe in the in the lean years with the politician and the ratchet and whatever maybe he had to have some conversations with people I I left this out of my um biopic description Mm -hmm. i did live in westfield new jersey for a little while oh okay i've heard of it yeah that's like where the watcher was like yes so i'm very familiar with this story and the fact that he got a tv show made about it is baffling to me because while it is creepy it's not a story it's like one family got a bunch of creepy letters that were really creepy and borderline threatening but there was never wow. any like real threat it's Hannah like, hot take Hannah hot take it's uh it was like in this nice like neighborhood in in Westfield New Jersey like mm-hmm. everyone was nice and friendly like it was it was not they felt like slightly creeped out but it like no one was unsafe and like I think they play up the I just I Obviously, Ryan Murphy has, like, more of a creative take on it, and he's, like, making the neighbors all, like, I have I have not seen it. I've just seen, like, trailers and heard. Lots and, like, of red herrings. Uh-huh. It just, yeah, it, I I would, I find it really hard to believe that that's, like, a pitchable story on its right. own. Right. Yeah, and he's, like, and Bobby Carnival yells about something. Yeah. And like, you, like want oh. a, you want an interesting story from Westfield, New Jersey. Let's talk about John List, who I know makes an appearance in The Watcher. I heard everyone. But yeah. Who is John List? John List is, um, he, he like snapped one day and killed his whole family. And then. Whoa, okay. Remarried. All right. <laughs> he remarried and was caught like, I think like 30 years later. But yeah. That, wow. Like, so oh. he lived a life. He lived a life. He had, I think he had more children. Don't quote me on that. But I think that he, yeah, he like got remarried and had more children and was like, just good. Good to go. Yeah, but they yeah. passed his list. Yeah. Nice. <laughs> good but um jump. <laughs> um, uh-huh. Yeah. They made the list. That's what it should be called. Oh, my God. 
Ryan Murphy, if you're the listening, it list, you would love to make a TV show. Can't <laughs> get you know, hear our pitch. Okay, so I want to play a quick game with you before I let you go. Yeah, sure. Obviously, we're, we're into working with Ryan Murphy. Who is it? But anyway, this this game is called Into It. It's uh, Into It Entertainment Business Headlines Edition. So I want to talk to you about uh, different headlines. I'm going to read some top headlines from this month. You're going to tell me if you're into it or not and why. It's totally gut gut based. There are Got no it. winners. It's just opinions. The first one. Game. The Office star Rain Wilson makes dramatic name change to highlight climate emergency. So Rain Wilson, best known as Dwight Schrute in The Office, and then he was also in Weird, the Al Yankovic story, which I, I really liked. I, I like that movie. I have you not saw it. Yet. No, it looks so good. The trailer yeah. was amazing. <laughs> Alone. Ooh, and Dan- uh, Daniel Radcliffe cut. Like, oh. uh, looks oh. amazing. Love that. Um, yeah, so Rain Wilson, he's changed his name to Rainfall Heat Wave Extreme Winter Wilson. Yes. Into I, it? My, I actually read this headline this morning, and my gut reaction is that I am deeply not into it, but I, like, not because I'm against, like, awareness for the climate emergency. It just, I don't know why, and maybe I'm being unfair, but it strikes me as a little bit cringe. It lie. is slightly, it is slightly cringe. I roll a little bit, um, but also like mm-hmm. you know, I, it's also kind of like, is this really doing anything? For, like I, I know, aware of it. Everybody knows. It's just like you can't. Nobody's fixing it. <laughs> that's, that's yeah. Kind of no one's fixing it. And then how's this going on his license? Is it like rainfall H W E? w wilson like because i'm it, now into it now that i'm thinking about yeah. it on his <laughs> like what is that how's it, how's it gonna read on your passport like oh i'm man. curious are five lines allowed cut off because it can't fit oh amazing yeah because yeah, it'll okay. just end it like rainfall heat wave which still like serves his purpose like that's yeah he still like gets his point across yeah, he added to Well, your name is Heatwave. <laughs> also, I'm pretty sure you have to pay to get a name change. So if he did actually legally change his name, I'm a not to be this person, but it's like, could that money have gone somewhere else, sir? Could Maybe. that have gone to Heatwave Extreme Winter? Could that, yeah. Or could a politician that's fighting this. Winter this way, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like, did he give, yeah, he could have given this to Warnock or Katie Hobbs and Arizona like these politicians that are trying to trying to yeah. do something but yeah so ultimately I don't know I, rain with um with don't look up to it's like Adam McKay like I agree we're all like we all need to be aware of it but I don't think the issue is that we're not aware of it like we all know <laughs> we're all, we all know we're actually all like 
problematically aware of it. Like it's making everyone depressed. We're all we're right. All <laughs> right. Yeah. Because uh, yeah, especially like don't look up. It's like this expensive ass movie where they're traveling everywhere to make the movie and like Bingo. you know yeah, lots of waste happening. Um, was this a zero emissions uh, film production? I doubt it. No. Uh, so yeah. So it, it is. Yeah. Yeah, lots of wagging the finger. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, Rain, Rain Wilson, um, yeah, it's, it is an eye roll. It is a, you know, cut your nose to spite your face kind of vibe. Also, okay. like, if you're in that pitch meeting and then we got rainfall, heat wave, extreme winter Wilson attached. So it's like, that's- I don't know, that's going to cut into that 30 second pitch for sure. Oh. Yeah, way too much of a mouthful. Way too much. Yeah, I mean, he should pick. He should pick an extreme weather. Um, in he, are you heat wave or are you extreme winter? Yeah. Which one are you, rain? It's also rainfall. It's like rainfall inherently isn't like the problem. <laughs> Rain's yeah. good. I, if yeah. He, he should have changed his name to Drought Wilson. There you go. But then also what he did with Rainfall is that he kept the two ends because, you know, his name has two ends. Yeah. So it's Rainfall. So it's like, like he he really it. thought about it. He was yeah, yeah, just yeah. like, yeah, he was like, I'll be Rainfall, but like with the two ends. Um, if, honestly, if, yeah. if I'm being honest, feels like a cop out to me. Change your name or don't, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, be Drought, be uh, uh, Typhoon. You know, yeah. Put up or shut up, Rain. Yeah. Like, really go for it. Yeah, agree. Or just, yeah, just be extreme winter Wilson. Anyway. So cool, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Okay, so next one. Chris Estrada comedy, This Fool Renewed. Um, I'm I'm into it because uh, it's set in uh, South LA. It's coming back for a second season at Hulu. Uh, Michael Pirioli is in it. I don't know if you're into it. I don't know if you I know about it. I've only seen the billboards for this, and I every time I see it, I'm like, I'm gonna go home and watch that, and then I forget. So I have not put on the nanny, but again, then I put on the nanny because I am a creature <laughs> of habit. But I the the I don't know what it is about the billboard, but every time I see it, I'm like, there's something in there for me. But I have not yet watched it. But now yeah. I guess I'm into it because now I get now I have more to watch. Yeah. I mean, I would say I, I'm more into this than Rain Wilson. But like, yeah. Oh, for yeah. Sure. In the rankings, this goes way, way, way above. Yeah. This is this is at the top of into it. Um, but yeah, it is a good show. I read the pilot before the show came out and it was it was a it was called Punk Ass Bitch in the, the uh, original. Oh title and then it got changed to this fool both i think are are i think this fool is perfect but um for the the show but anyway i that was one of my um kind of like i was like i don't know about this show but like watching it i loved it so anyway uh next one okay falling for christmas review so we're not going to read the review but Lindsay lowen comeback is strictly ho-hum for the holidays (gasps) you know what I'm not into it because leave Lindsay alone. She is doing leave her, her best. And honestly, right. nobody was going into Falling for Christmas thinking that it was going to be a masterpiece. We all know what it is. It's a yeah. horror movie. It's exactly right. what you want. 
Yeah. Yes, exactly. Um, it's part of her two-picture Netflix deal. Yeah, she is living her life. I'm just happy um, she to plays. <laughs> yes, yeah, she plays a spoiled hotel heiress humanized by a bump on the head who is it like like who needs like we need we all need that who do you, you know ryan murphy needs that so like yeah rain wilson so like you know this is great it's it's uh the first fruit of lohan's two picture netflix deal and it stars cord overstreet from uh glee and he's also on a show called uh acapulco on apple which i really like it. yeah yeah and yeah. Another what? Harry Potter connection. He went out with Hermione in real life. He went out with uh, Emma. That. Yep, yep, yeah. yep. They were yeah. an item for a very short time. Yeah, I feel like I keep forgetting about Court Overstreet and then something happens and he's brought back into my memory. And Falling for Christmas was his most recent attempt at coming back into my, <laughs> my brain sphere. And would you say that you're into that? I am into that. I like remembering that he exists. I, yes, I think about every time I see him, I think about probably my favorite line from Glee, the one that okay. like stays in my brain forever. That it, it's it's not really a specific line. It's just that everybody calls him Trout Mouth on it. And it's accurate. Oh. Now, I'm not saying that he's not an attractive man, but he does have a trout mouth. They're, they were correct. It was a good like, insult. Like <laughs> kind of pouty Zoolander. Yeah, like very long. It's good. Oh. It's a good look. I like it. But I love that they called him Trout Mouth. <laughs> <laughs> okay, next question uh, or headline: yeah. Snoop Dogg biopic in the works at Universal with director Alan Hughes and Wakanda Forever writer Joe Robert Cole. Ah, okay. So I saw Wakanda Forever too um, yesterday, and I really liked it. Oh, I gotta see it. Um, yeah, I. I'm a little mad at Snoop Dogg right now because he publicly endorsed Rick Caruso. So OMG. Yes. Uh, yeah, he and Katy Perry, like, I know. With you. California yeah. Girls duo. Letting mm -hmm. us. Go. Yes. No. Wow. I didn't even, like, connect that. OMG. Yeah, I know. Crazy. They, they, they licked uh, Caruso's popsicle. Yeah. Uh -huh. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, so my, like, as soon as I hear Snoop Dogg right now, I'm like not into it. But I, his life is very interesting, and I'm I am excited to see that movie. His life is very interesting, and yeah, I, I am a little um, disappointed that he would uh, do such a thing. Mm -hmm. And he's probably thinking like, oh, businessman, he's going to clean up, he's going to clean up L.A. But I really don't see that happening. I see just more high rises with this man's uh, signage on it. Yeah, I don't think that for me personally, I don't think like the the grove is synonymous with ending homelessness. Like from my perspective, yeah. <laughs> I just, that's my instinct. Um, but, yeah, the grove being it's a it's a mall in uh like on Third Street in in L.A. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's it's like a it's mall heaven. Like I'm not gonna lie to you guys, I love the grove. Yeah, they love awesome. spending an afternoon there. They have the best Aperol spritz at the Fountain yes. Cafe. But nice. I, Delightful. I, yeah, but it's... And, if and you, you can get a beignet. About, yeah, if you think about being at the Grove for too long, like while you're at the Grove, you start to like, you start to like feel bad about the world. You're like, I'm in, I'm in like a fake space and it's gross. Right. I, I right. It's, 
Yeah, it's giving uh like rainfall, heat wave, <laughs> extreme yeah. winter, Wilson. Yes. If you forget yeah. about yourself for a, for long enough, like the grove is the best time that you could possibly have, and then yeah, and then you remember Rick Caruso exists, and it it all becomes bad again. Um, yeah. Sorry, really ragging on Rick Caruso, but it's because I hate him. So that's. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I am also not a fan. Um, he just, um, yeah, he's, and he's also listening. So, you know, Rick, yeah. like, Rick, you know. Do better. Do, do better. better. Do better. And if you really want to help um, the unhoused uh, people of LA, like actually help them, you know, take your development money and make them houses. Another instance where the $100 million that you spent on your campaign from your own money might have been better used at helping the unhoused. That could have been yeah. extremely effective. Right. That's that's the thing, totally, is that you don't have to be mayor to do that. You can just be your rich self and yeah. throw money. You threw $100 million into sending out mailers and putting up a bunch of YouTube ads, like... I think maybe that could have built like a couple shelters or something, you know? Yeah. Okay. Um, this one is kind of a, a weird one. So George Clooney's Good Night and Good Luck series adaptation opens writer's room at AMC. I just, um, I, I guess I want to find out if you're into it because I like the idea that they're, they've opened a writer's room, but it's like um, for somebody reading that who wants a, a writing job, they're like, how do I get in that writer's room? Because they're... Yeah. You're not getting into it. It's already that open writer's room is closed. I also saw that and I thought it was weird because. That's a tricky headline. I'm not into it. I, yeah, I feel like my, my gut reaction to that headline is like extremely neutral. I'm like, this doesn't affect me. I, yeah. Carry on, do your thing. I, it's also like a weird play by deadline because I feel like already anytime you see anything on deadline. It's like that. It this is already six months later to when it was relevant. Like it's all, right. it's all six months behind the actual like Hollywood cycle, the news cycle of deadline. So it's weird to like make to specifically say like we've opened a writers' room just so you guys know. Right, right. When it's they developed. they they been opened it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. A weird, weird one. Yeah. Yeah. Stop being weird. Deadline. Okay. Um, I didn't know you're listening, so stop being weird. Okay. Yeah. Um, the next one. Mariah Carey, Merry Christmas to All, holiday special set at CBS. The Queen of Christmas is back. But is she going to talk about uh, Nick Cannon's 12 kids? I don't think so because it's oh. Christmas. You know what? I'm into it because Mariah Carey always, always does a little something for us. And I just yeah. can't wait to see what it is this time. Her apathetic yeah. New Year's Eve dance was perfect. <laughs> I hope she does it again. She's she's flawless to me. I want her to just keep working. I just want Disassociative her to keep working. Queen. Yeah. Oh, she's perfect. Yeah. She doesn't know who Ariana Grande is. She does not want to hear her cover her song. I love it. She's yeah. the best. I can't wait to watch this special. Yes. Or 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 the highlights on YouTube, but like, but yes, for sure. I'm 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 into it. I Mariah is, uh, yeah, she's a queen. She is, um, she's in a world of her own. She's in her own multiverse. The the reason I'm so into this is because, 
like holiday specials don't usually like really get me going, but like she doesn't follow anyone's rules and this is not going to go according to plan. And I can't wait to see what happens. Nice. Wildcard Christmas. My favorite. (laughs) Next question or headline. AMC Entertainment CEO says theaters have one problem and it's not COVID streamers or windows. I don't know what that means. We need more movies. So the the guy says that Adam Aaron says that the challenge facing the industry above all else is that movie theater operators need more movies. That is insane to me. <laughs> that can't be the problem. Yeah. There are so many movies. I'm so behind on the movies that came out this year. I haven't seen like any of them. That's um, right. Yeah. I guess, like, beyond being into it or not into it, I'm just like, what? That's really yeah. that's my reaction is, like, are you are you kidding? Is this... And are you going to give me the money to make the more movies? Because I'll, that's I'll the make the thing. more like, movies. Julie and I have been, like, developing this movie for years now. It's like, we'll make it. Just, like, help us out. We're I'm happy hey, to make the movie for you. Give us some money so that you can put it in your AMC theater and... Yeah. Yeah, the studios would not have you believe that it's that it's too few movies that's the problem. They're like all backlogged, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, we're so backlogged. Yeah, it's um, it's a little. I don't know, a little gaslighting. A very gaslighting. It seems yeah. like, yeah, this is, yeah, this is this is very very suspicious to me. It 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 it's giving like open writers room. Yeah. Like, it's like it gives you a little hel- a little hint of hope, but you're just like, oh, but your writer's room is closed and you don't <laughs> give money for movies. A hundred percent. Yeah. This feels very much like a guy who's desperately trying to like calm down the rest of his company by being like, no, it's not streamers that are the problem. I promise. I promise. Yeah. It's right. Absolutely that it's the streamers. Yeah. Yeah. Don't take away my Christmas bonus. Oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Okay, so, um, yeah, okay, okay, Mr. Aaron. Um, last one, Christina Aguilera documentary in the works from Time Studios, Rock Nation, Val's uh, Ting Poo directing. I don't know Ting Poo, but um, I'm excited because, you know, Christina, she's oh. the voice of my ways. My, my ways, I need to get to where I need to go. Christina Aguilera is my guide. <gasps> They have yeah. that. Yes. And oh. the, and uh, if there's like a red light alert, you know, red light camera uh, approaching or something. And then she's like, they're trying to do us dirty, but not in a good way. And oh. I'm like, yeah, Christina. God. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and then she, she tells me that like, she likes to, she likes riding with me and she can't wait to do it again. I'm like, thank you so much, Christina. So I'm into it. That I'm also into it because I'm realizing now I know basically nothing about Christina Aguilera and her entire life. And I am sure that it's interesting. So I, especially her um, kind of cantankerous, uh, I don't know, that's not friendship, but like um, connection to Britney Spears. Oh yeah. For, for years. And then like Britney posted some kind of like fat shaming post recently that, sort of mentioned Christina and like Christina's like 
backup right. dancers or singers. It was like some some kind of shade. Oh, right. and yeah, she's Brittany had to apologize for it. Yeah. <laughs> Like she's going through a tough time and I love Brittany and I still, I watch, I watch her, her dance videos all the time. And then I'm like, why am I watching her dancing? And I'm like, I'm driving. I need to be driving my car. Let me shut off the phone. (laughs) Yeah. She, I, I am also, I can't wait to see who they cast as a young Britney Spears and Christina Aguilera's biopic. It's going to be so good. Yeah. I, I can already see myself going in costume to the Christina Aguilera biopic in the dirty costume. I'm going to look ridiculous. I can't wait. Oh, wow. With the chaps and everything. Yeah. I love nice. to go to a movie in costume. Um, if I have an opportunity, love it. Love I have not done that in a long time. Movie. Like Rocky Horror Picture Show. Like I have not done that. Um, even I, like yesterday together, Wakanda. Uh-huh. Yeah. If I can get a group together who agrees to do it with me, oh, the best. Yeah. Sometimes just putting on a on a, a wig with a bunch of friends, a great time. You'd be yeah, surprised. yeah, yeah. Everything changes when you put on a costume. You feel like That's someone right. can do anything. Yes. Um, yeah, I mean, my uh, my son, I took him to see Wakanda. We saw a screening of Wakanda forever. And I was like, oh, do you want to bring your mask with you? Do you want to bring your little figurine thing, um, action figure? And he's like, no. Um, so you decided not to, but, uh, like, it made me kind of sad. Cause like if he was uh, a little younger, he'd probably be like, oh, totally down with it. But like, yeah, he's, he's growing up. So he was just like, no, I'm, I'm going to leave my action figure at home. He's too cool for it. He's too Aww. cool. Yeah. So I was like, okay, all right, fine. <laughs> I was like, I can put it in my bag. I was like, no. Anyway. <laughs> So no no wigs worn, no masks, but uh but yes, I I will I I can I think I can scrounge up a wig or a, a mask of some sort uh for the next movie. Like I don't know what movie we would uh dress up at like to to go see. You can dress up to any movie. You can wear a wig to whatever movie you want and it's always fun. <laughs> right. Um I don't know what's coming out. Oh, there's a movie called uh Devotion with uh the guy from Top Gun and uh oh yeah and uh yeah and they're like pilots so yeah yeah let's let's do it keeps getting cast glenn powell jonathan majors i know good for him yeah yeah they're like oh we have this great movie oh but does it have an airplane in it okay fine i'll do it (laughs) yeah and there you go okay yeah, that's that's all you need, and that's like the best pitch of all, because like you're you're you know, you're really getting to that thing that he's into, and, yeah, and he's there really you, and there you have it. Tom Cruise, like doing all the action stunts, plane things. Right. It's, it's about time we had one, you know. Yeah, we definitely we need some more movie stars. We we yeah. don't really have that going on right now, where. Yeah. Um, you know, somebody like a Julia Roberts that's like, oh, the Julia Roberts movie or the Sandra Bullock movie or, yeah, Tom Cruise. Like, I don't know that kind yeah, of bankable star yet. Like doing more Julia Roberts movies like Ticket to Paradise, which, of course, yeah. I love Julia Roberts. But, like, we keep clinging to the past. Like, with The Irishman, just let's get some new people out here. Yeah. We, jobs. Let's you know, this. we need more movies. We do need more movies, famously. Yes. <laughs> famously need more movies. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. 
So with, you know, as we wait with bated breath for mm -hmm. the more movies, more, more content, whatever, mm -hmm. um, what's making you happy these days? Ooh, 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 such a good question. Um, uh, I feel like this is such a lame answer, but like my dog, my dog is making Suki. me so Suki, really sweet. Yeah, she's. Um, I brought her to my husband's soccer game last night and she had oh. no less than four panic attacks, but she was so happy to come home and she's just the biggest cuddler. I love her so much. She's the best. Oh, why was she having panic attacks? Because there was like a ball going she has, everywhere? She has an anxiety disorder, which like, oh. you know, relatable. Um, yeah. Yeah. Don't we all? Yeah. She's. She just like every so often, I don't know what it is. I asked her to sit down and she did. Mm -hmm. And then she starts shaking uncontrollably. And she did that a few times while I was just trying to have her sit and watch a soccer game. She wow. Maybe she wanted it. to like air bud the soccer game. Like she wanted yeah, to get in there and play. Please, but yeah, yeah she's I, probably a really good forward and you didn't know it. That's honestly probably it. <laughs> I could see that for her. Yeah. Just wants to be like her dad. Right. Oh, oh, Suki. And your mom's keeping you back. And then then your mom's <laughs> going to send you to McGill in Canada to go to college. Oh, my God. It's all it's all uh, on a loop. It's all, all just it all repeats. We repeat the sins of our parents over and over yeah. again. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. OK, so this is amazing. Thank you so much. How can people find you? Do you want people to find you? Oh, I mean. I would love people to find me, but I don't really know if there's a way. I let my my website lapse, so I don't really have. I guess just I don't know. Like Come Twitter? Are you are you are you quitting Twitter? I oh I am on Twitter, but I don't really tweet. I don't really tweet that much either. Yeah, it's so, I. Yeah, I can't. I can't really get into it. I like it's. It stresses me out too much, and I don't. Yeah. Like, attached to any kind of social media too much yeah but okay find me on social media i guess that's that's a great way to do it um uh you can follow me at dumb uh underscore hannah that's my that's my twitter handle that's easy to remember yeah. dumb hannah dumb underscore hannah this is on all socials this is on twitter and instagram unfortunately i started this on instagram and i'm just dumb hannah on instagram with no underscore but then when i oh okay I had to force it. I don't really, I'm very bad at branding, as you can see. <laughs> <laughs> I, well, I mean, just even based on the name, but, uh, but, but then again, I remember it. Like when I yeah. get off the, the phone with you, I'm going to be like, okay, dumb Hannah, and I'll find it easy. I, yeah, I'm the only one there. On So, so in a way it's actually brilliant branding. Yeah. yeah. It's just the underscore. That'll kill me. That That's going to kill me for the rest of my life. <laughs> And it's the underscore with uh, on Twitter only, not on Insta. Just on Twitter, yeah. But on Instagram, yeah. it's just dumb Hannah. Okay, I this reminds me. I didn't. I didn't want to. <laughs> yeah, it reminds me. My my husband is natural sax, and nice. I he yeah because he's a sax player, and he thought it was clever. Um, but like he couldn't remember his password for one version of natural sax so he created another natural sax so there's one with an underscore and one without and oh, he just wow. like he he lives in that dual space of I like two that. different 
Twitter yeah. handles, uh, Instagram handles. Yes. Good for him. Yeah. 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 Just like own the entire <laughs> domain. Nobody else is going to be natural sex. Just him. Yeah. Yeah. He's he's totally cornered the market and he didn't That's even it. think he was doing that, but but he okay. did. Perfect. Yes. Okay. All right. Well, thank you so much. We'll see you next week. I'm Yummy Coco. Keep your lamplight trimmed and burning. Bye. <laughs>